0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's Ange Postacoglu's first competitive game in charge As Celtic take on Michelin tonight Rangers announce crowd numbers for their upcoming matches And Jack Ross signs a new two-year deal at Hibs I'm Andrew McLean Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans Ange Postacoglu's first competitive match in charge of Celtic Is a baptism of fire, Andrew He's been left short on the quality he needs to take on a side like FC Michelin And Postacoglu's pre-match press conference yesterday Left you in no doubt that he thinks Celtic have dithered in the transfer market since he got here from Japan. He doesn't sound like the happiest of men going into this occasion, but Celtic somehow have to give a good account of themselves against the Danes because it is the Champions League, it is the qualifier, and there's £14 million available if you get into the group stages. Well, it's a simple question for you Celtic fans out there. Before we get the team news, who would you like to see start tonight and how are you feeling ahead of the game? What about you Rangers fans? What do you make of the announcement about crowd numbers today? And of course, there's League Cup games tonight, transfers, anything you want to talk about, 0141 951 1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I think there'll be a lot of interested eyes to see what Ange Postacoglu's first team selection for a competitive game will be tonight, Hugh. I think the fans are simply Pathetic towards him though Andrew Because Celtic have dithered The summer has been a waste of time They brought in Urugidi from Sheffield Wednesday Who has not played 20 professional football matches in his career They are waiting for Furuhashi to come from uh, Tokyo He's on his way, he's on a plane He's going to be in Glasgow uh, Either late tonight or early in the morning But he'll have to quarantine So he's not available to Ange Postacoglu uh, and they've got the 19-year-old Israeli, Leo Abada. Now, that for me is a wholly inadequate response when Celtic have a Champions League qualifier tonight. And the main area of worry has to be at the back for Celtic, where they're going to feel the back four that you would never have thought possible. Well, that's what Hugh Keevans thinks. What do you think? 01419511025. We'll hear from you in a second. But let's go to Celtic Park. First of all, let's get a, a taste of the build-up from Alison Conroy, who's there for us. Yeah, good evening from Celtic Park. As you've already said, Ange Postacoglu's first competitive match as Celtic boss as he hosts Danish side Michelin in this Champions League qualifier. It hasn't been the ideal warm-up for Celtic, that friendly defeat to Preston at the weekend. And the manager's short of options with Postacoglu desperate to bring in more players. As you say, lots of questions about tonight's starting 11. Stephen Welsh, the most experienced in Celtic's defence, unless, of course, Neil Beaton is drafted in for this one. Also a chance tonight for Adam Montgomery to play off the left, although Tom Rogic did make an appearance at the weekend. Odson Edward also featured in that game against Preston, so should get the nod ahead of Albion Ayeti. Now, whatever the team is, there will be fans here tonight. Around 9,000 have tickets for this match in the roasting warm sunshine here in the east end of Glasgow, Andrew. And I will bring you the team in under 30 minutes. Well, before we get that team news, let's hear from you. 0141951025. Let us know what you think. Who would you like to see play ahead of this one? As we say, it'll be a very interesting team selection. Mm-hmm. Some players in there that, that Ange Postacoglu maybe would have liked to have played, like Christopher Ayer, that that's destined for a move away, passing a medical today, and it looks as if there are going to be, you know, a, a few young players that are going to have to make an impact tonight. The one thing he has to do. 
to my way of thinking, Andrew, is to gather as much experience as he can around about him. Um, you know, Greg Taylor would probably be in that back four alongside Stephen Welsh. Uh, but if it is Uruguidi, uh, as I say, he hasn't yet played 20 professional matches. He's never played a European tie. Anthony Ralston, a peripheral figure at Celtic Park for a long time. Uh, it's the captain, the new captain. Callum McGregor who will be expected to lift the side and I congratulate him on that appointment it's a fairy tale story uh, from ball boy to head boy uh, but up front Albina Yeti hit and miss striker might Postacoglu be tempted to throw in Lee Griffiths he has been a thorn in Celtic side for a year but he can score goals and that's what Ange Postacoglu needs tonight there are some experienced players in that UEFA squad list that Celtic have submitted, but I think there's still a few question marks over a few of them. You look at Odson Edward, who hasn't featured too much in pre-season. His contract's running down. Ryan Christie hasn't featured at all during mm. pre-season. He's got six months left on his deal. Christopher Julian is interestingly uh, named in the squad, despite the fact that you know he, he is injured. We, we don't expect that he'll be involved. James Forrest has been isolating. Tom Rogic hasn't been involved too much either. So there is experience in the squad, but whether we'll see on the pitch is a different question Forrest trained yesterday uh, so I'd imagine that he has a legitimate chance of playing tonight um, with regard to the players like Ayer and Sham Edward, Celtic take as long to get rid of players as they do to sign them uh, and I think it's beginning to get under Ange Postacoglu's skin but as I say it's the Champions League it's a qualifier uh, Celtic have to do their level best to see if they can get that £14 million reward for making the group stages I mean could you sense that frustration from Postacoglu yesterday in his press conference he, he was detailing a, a few of the reasons why business maybe hasn't gone as quickly as he would have liked it to in the first few weeks of his tenure uh, From his very first press conference I've always thought that this is a guy who will demand of Celtic as much as Celtic demand of him and he's clearly not happy with the progress being made on the transfer front this summer as I say Furuhashi is on his way but it'll be a while yet before he can be considered for first team football uh, and what happened to Starfield why has that not been completed uh, the defender the Swedish defender from Ruben Kazan Celtic take an awfully long time to do anything 01419511025 John is up first he's in Falkirk John what are you thinking ahead of the game tonight well, the manager says he likes to play fast attacking football. Do you think he will play with two strikers up front or will he play with one? What is your view on that? Well, I mean, when we look at the evidence of pre-season, Hugh, Ange Postacoglu has, has pretty much played with a 4-3-3 in every single game. You'd think uh-huh. it would be unlikely if, if that's the style he's trying to implement that then he would just switch that going into their first competitive match. Perhaps John is thinking that Albion Ayeti and Lee Griffiths could play. I don't think they will. Uh, I think he'll stick to the system that he's used so far uh, But Celtic can't wait forever for Albina Yeti to deliver the goods uh, He had a shocking first season Celtic are looking for better in his second season He's got to start delivering John, who for you has to play tonight? Is there any players that, that you think need to be in that starting lineup? Up front I would go for two strikers A Yeti and Edward. The trouble with Edward, John, I think, is that Edward is waiting for his move out. It's and I don't think Postacoglu is the kind of man to say, well, I'll put him in in the meantime. If if Odson Edward's heart isn't in it for Celtic anymore, 
Ange Postacoglu strikes me as the kind of man who'll say, well, he can sit on the bench then. In that case, would he not have just, you know, not named him in the UEFA squad? The fact that he has been training, the fact that he has featured in pre-season, not, not too much, but the fact that he has featured, he is in the UEFA squad, is that is that maybe a pointer that he is in Ange Postacoglu's plans at the moment while he's at the club? He may have to fall back on him. You know, I'm sure that Edward believes someone will come in for him as Brentford have done for Christopher Ayer. But if that doesn't happen and he decides to run down his contract at Celtic, then Postacoglu will have to fall back on him. What you get out of him might be a different matter. John, where are your confidence levels at the moment going into tonight's game? I'll tell you after I see the, the team, that's what I'm worried about. But you've got to play your strongest team tonight. It doesn't matter if Edwards away next Saturday. You've got to play your strongest team. There's no excuses. Is the problem for Ange Postacoglu that, that his strongest team is still a bit of a skeleton of a mm. squad, Hugh? He, he said yesterday that there's still many areas he wants to address. Business hasn't been going as quickly as he would have liked it. And you look at what Celtic's strongest defence could be tonight, it looks as if a European challenge for them will be a big task. The worst case scenario for Celtic is that they are no longer part of the Champions League by uh, a week tomorrow when they uh, play in Denmark. Um he has been left without the kind of resources that he needs to take on Mitchelland. And the story of Celtic summer has been dithered over Eddie Howe, dithered over this player and that player, and have left Postacoglu, the second choice for the job, with at least one hand tied behind his back this evening. John, there's a lot of young players that could well feature for Celtic tonight that have featured in pre-season. Have they given you any hope going into the season that these are guys that Ange Postacoglu could rely on in these games? I'd be interested to see what the midfield's going to be tonight. Hopefully McGregor, Turnbull, and I like Roderick and Shaw in the middle of the park to feed the ball through the two strikers. But we've got to at least win 2 nothing tonight. I mean, the, the midfield is, is arguably Celtic's strongest position at the moment. There's Callum McGregor in there. Mm. Ismaila Soro impressed at times last season. David Turnbull was uh, one of Celtic's only positives really last season. There are players in there that, that have proven that, that they're capable at this level, but it's maybe other areas that are letting Celtic down at the moment. Yeah, as I say, at the back, can Celtic trust Vasilius Barkas in goal? Can Celtic really be supremely confident about taking on Mitchelland in a Champions League qualifier with a back four that contains a peripheral player in Anthony Ralston uh, a novice in Stephen Welsh perhaps another novice in Origidi or perhaps Nier Beaton who for me is still a midfield player busking it as a central defender the only uh, regular guy there is Greg Taylor Scotland international do you think the experience of, of Nier Beaton may give him a leg up on the other players that are there? I know you're saying that he's not a natural centre-back, but he has played there a lot. He's an international. He's been there and done it with Celtic on the European stage. Do you think that maybe gives him a sort of head start and Ange Postacoglu may turn and, and rely on him to play centre-back tonight? I don't mean to go on about Nier Beaton because it's not his fault that Celtic have been left in this position. However, Nier Beaton was part of last season's European disaster area where Ferenc Varos put Celtic out at Celtic Park where the Champions League was concerned and where the Europa League group descended into farce with Celtic finishing bottom uh, losing eight goals over two games to a team from Prague 
Well, thank you to John 01419511025. If you've got any thoughts tonight, let's hear from Ange Postacoglu ahead of tonight's match. I totally understand the the significance of European football to this football club, um, and to be honest, it was one of the attractions for me as well because I know that this you know the club has a great history in 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 Europe and and. The, you know, the opportunity to, to build on that is is a fantastic enticement, I guess, for any manager. It'll be, it'll be a tough contest. They're a club that, um, you know, sort of matured over recent years. They've got a real clear identity and model in terms of the, the way they, you know, um, want to play and also the way they want to be set up in developing footballers. Um, and, you know, it's a model that's worked really well for them. You know, they had a fantastic campaign last year in Europe. Um to club I know well, there's been a few Aussies that have gone through there, so I've followed their progress. And, um, you know, there'll be a tough challenge, which you expect. I mean, it's 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 a big prize that's before us. So I guess any any opponent you're going to face understands that, that the rewards are great. And, uh, you know, for us, that'll be a good challenge. Juggling European qualification is tough for any Scottish team, just with how early the games come along. Mm-hmm. But how much tougher is this for Ange Postacoglu when he, he was appointed quite late He's maybe not had the business that he wanted to so far in this window. He's juggling a lot on top of the fact that Celtic are already in action in the middle of July. It's not Ange Postacoglu's fault that Celtic dithered over Eddie Howe. Uh, Ridiculously so. And then he's drafted in at the 11th hour. And then thereafter, Celtic's uh, movement in the transfer market is very slow. They are, without question, sending him into tonight's match under-resourced and overstretched. 01419511025 on the phones. Michael is a Celtic fan in Liverpool. Up next, Michael, who needs to play for you tonight? Uh, Lee Griffiths up front with Edward. If no, play play a jetty with him. I would play um, uh, Sorrell in midfield with Turnbull and McGregor. And possibly, obviously at the back, we've not really got a lot of options, as you said earlier. Stephen Welsh, I like Montgomery, uh, or Heel, what's his name, Leo Hilde, that, that Norwegian boy, whatever yep. he is. Uh-huh. was on loan at uh, last season. And I'd, I'd play, what do you mean, call him? Uh, who else? That, what's his name, that that boy for Sheffield Wednesday? Oregide, Asazi Oregide. his name. <laughs> That's the one I Yeah I mean Michael's listed a lot of players there that, that have experience Especially in the forward areas Do you think that's maybe a key For Ange Postacoglu tonight Is just to try and get As many experienced players On the pitch yeah, as possible Without doubt uh, And you know As uh, John the first caller said Goals are essential here uh, You're going over to Denmark Next week And goals To take with you Will be essential But Michael has Listed a variety Of young players there All I am sure Rich in potential And bursting I got to get into the first team However This is not the position that Celtic should be in As they play their first competitive match Under Postacoglu It's a Champions League qualifier And To list Young men Who have yet to make their competitive debut for Celtic that That's Bordering and laughable Michael Despite the inexperience you were talking about at the back Do you think Celtic still have enough to get through this tie over two legs? To be honest with you, Andrew, not at all. But I just want to say one good thing. Hugh has is spot on with everything that he said tonight, and I agree with uh, Hugh Keevans one hundred percent because I knew happens, all along. 
I knew all along, right, that she, Eddie Howe was never coming to Celtic. And Hughes is spot on, by the way, because that's what Celtic have done. They frustrate the life out of me. And to be honest with you, Andrew and Hugh, Celtic are not going to go far in Europe. No matter what they do against Michelin, they will never beat Galatasaray. Because as Hugh says, they are not strong enough. And they've dithered all, all summer. They've had months and months and months. And um, they took 106 days to get a manager. Well, that's undeniable. Uh, you know, the, it is a time of transition without doubt. However, Neil Lennon lost his job in March. They then dillied and dallied over Eddie Howe for reasons best known to themselves. And then at the 11th hour, they've gone for Ange Postacoglu. Now, their conduct in terms of the managerial position being filled and in terms of the dithering in the transfer market thereafter has let down Ange Postacoglu. Michael's saying that he doesn't think Celtic are going to go far in Europe. We've had other Celtic callers throughout this week basically writing it off and saying, you know what, I don't really care about Europe. It doesn't matter what happens in Europe. It's all about domestic football. Mm -hmm. But European football is such a big thing for Celtic and Rangers, especially in this country, with the revenue. It's something you just can't possibly write off. If, of course not. If Ange Postacoglu gets a result against Mitchelland, it is a massive feather in his cap. But as I say, they've sent him out under strength. And incidentally, with regard to domestic football, we're only 10 days away from Celtic playing at uh, Tynecastle against Hearts. You know, so are they seriously going to have a, a back four of Ralston and Welsh and Beaton and Taylor by the time they go to Tynecastle? Uh, who's going to play up front? Furuhashi may very well be in the country, but 10 days from now, he'll still be in quarantine. Well, thank you to Michael, and we can bring you some breaking team news from Celtic Park. Alison Conroy. Yep, the team is just in. It will be Vasilis Barkas in goal. It will be Ralston, Beaton, Welsh and Taylor. The three of Sorrow, McGregor and Turnbull. Then it looks like Abada, Edward and Christie as well. Your substitutes, Bain, Hazard, Griffiths, Ayeti, Rogic, Bolingoli, Origidi, Shaw, Murray, Forrest, Henderson and Montgomery. So Sorrow's in, Abada's in and near Beaton will start in defence tonight. Well, there you go, Celtic fans. What do you make of that? Odson Edward starts, Ryan Christie starts, and Lee Elabada starts as well, which is an interesting one because he wasn't actually listed on the official UEFA squad list that we saw. There must have been some error there, but he starts tonight as well, Hugh. What do you make of that team? Uh, again, it's gathering around you as much experience as possible. Big night for Edward. Edward has to prove that his heart is still in it playing for Celtic. So much speculation surrounding Ryan Christie and his Celtic future. Uh, I have no doubt at all that Ryan Christie will give 100% effort. Edward uh, has to show willing from the off. Uh, Abada, clearly Postacoglu believes in him, has seen enough of him, both uh, in the friendly match at the weekend against Preston North End and in training to believe that he merits the start. Uh, Sorrow has to be the future for Celtic or one of the players for the future. McGregor, first game as captain, will want to um, dignify the occasion with a Celtic win. Turnbull is one of the players that Celtic have to build the future around. So, interesting team. The big question, can the back four and the goalkeeper do their jobs properly? Well, Celtic fans, you've heard the team news. 0141 Give us a call. Let us know what you think and you could be up next. 
You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. If you've got anything on your mind tonight, Celtic fans, what do you make of the team to play Mitchelland? I'll give you that team news again. Barkas in goal. It's a back four of Ralston, Beaton, Welsh and Taylor. The midfield three, Sorrow, McGregor and Turnbull, Abada and Christie supporting Odson, Edward up top. And a big night for a good few of those players, Hugh, Ryan mm-hmm. Christie, who hasn't featured in pre-season at all, coming in out of the cold, straight into the starting line. Assumptions have been made about Ryan Christie That uh, he would like to go elsewhere Now he must take heart from the fact that uh, Ange Postacoglu has put him in to the team For Postacoglu's first game in charge of Celtic As I say I have no doubt in my mind That Christie will give 100% And that we can talk about the future after the game So for me He is good news for Celtic tonight Two areas for me Edward has to really deliver this evening. Everyone knows he is the exceptional player at Celtic Park. He was the top goal scorer last season in the midst of uh, the chaos of last season. But he has to deliver tonight. And the main area of concern has to be that back four. You never thought that Celtic would play a Champions League qualifier with a back four looking like that. But they also have to hold firm. 01419511025 01419511025 on the phones. Dale is a Celtic fan in the South Side. Dale, what do you make of that team? Um, yeah, pretty happy. But I mean, as happy as can be. I'm a realistic Celtic fan, so I know that we would prefer a stronger team. The main thing for me, it was either going to be won or lost by the goalkeeper. Bain, I think, you know, he's predictable. We're, you know, we've seen him at his best, we've seen him at his worst. Um, but Barkas, you know, he seems to have turned a new leaf under Postacoglu, and I think. That the game tonight is going to be won by the goalkeeper. We've not got a formidable back four. We've got a predictable up front, minus a badder. I think it's going to take Barkas to pull off a wonder save tonight in order to get through. How big a chance is this for Ange Postacoglu in the early stages of this season to turn his Celtic career around? Well, for Barkas? Yes. Um, yeah, it's massive. Uh, as Dale said, you really need to be. Full of confidence in your goalkeeper Because he spreads confidence throughout the back four and beyond uh, he, he has had a terrible time since uh, signing from Celtic For Celtic uh, I thought we'd have seen the last of him during the summer To be perfectly honest uh, But he has been given this chance by Postacoglu He he literally has to take it with both hands uh, You need to have a goalkeeper that you can trust uh, so this is a big, big night for him In front of 9,000 fans Now, perhaps To give him the benefit of the doubt Perhaps Playing in front of no one Did not do him any favours However uh, He had a very poor European uh, Experience with Celtic last season He has to get off on the right foot this time Dale, is the hope that There's enough quality in those forward areas To get the goals for Celtic tonight? Well, I mean, I don't know if it was a, a like an error on UEFA side by Abada not being, you know, on the the squad sheet. Or yeah, that's that's something we'll we'll clear up because certainly yesterday he he wasn't on the UEFA squad list. I've checked it since he's still not on the UEFA squad list. Um, it, I I can't imagine that that Celtic. I mean, we we've seen it this season with Kilmarnock. They played an ineligible player, but it may well just be a, an error on on the part of the UEFA website that Abada. Um, has been registered But it just doesn't show up On the website It had better be An error On somebody's part And uh, not cards, you know. I beg your pardon 
either that or if he's the, the wild card because you're allowed to register two players. Yeah, you were um, allowed to register two yeah, players so ahead of midnight last night. Well, yeah, I mean, we never know. He could have been one of them. Like, we don't know. Of course. Uh, you have to assume that Celtic know what they're doing uh, and that he is there uh, legitimately. Um, it's a big night for him. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, he speaks no English. Um, so, and he's, he only flew into the country last week, so he must still be feeling slightly bewildered by it all. However, he certainly seems to enjoy the manager's confidence, and it's a good chance for him. And, and the, again, the nine thousand fans will give him a hero's welcome before he's even kicked the ball. So, it's a big night for him. Dale, there is only nine thousand fans, but do you think that could make the difference a wee bit tonight? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like even even with no fans. And that's what I'm saying about Barkas pulling off a wonder save. I grew up with Arthur Boric, the holy goalie. I've seen Foster at his best. And, the, I mean, the last good save that I've seen Foster pull off is probably the last good save a Celtic goalkeeper's pulled off. I can't remember a wonder save since then. So, yeah, but in front of 9,000 fans, if Barkas is going to claim the number one jersey, it's got to be tonight. Yeah, there are a few players at Celtic who come into the now or never category. Uh, Griffiths has messed Celtic about for long enough. Uh, I know he's not playing tonight But he's on the bench And uh, he has this moment in time To dedicate himself to being a proper professional And uh, giving the talent we know he possesses To Celtic on a regular basis uh, Barkas, £5 million goalkeeper Greek international Played in the Champions League before He came here and everyone thought Safe pair of hands And he turned out to be anything but he has got to start the road to redemption tonight. Well, thank you to Dale. 01419511025 on the phones. Let's hear from new Celtic captain Callum McGregor ahead of the game tonight. Really exciting. First competitive game to get them back into the stadium. <coughs> Desperate to get back in and, and back the team and, and make some noise. And, you know, just for the players as well, to, to have them back is, is amazing. Um, you know, these European nights can be really special. And like the manager says, there'll be 9,000, but, you know, I feel like it's full. Um, and it's our job to, to go out and perform and, and make them make the noise as well. And, and like I've, I've touched on before, you know, we both drive each other. We drive the fans, the fans drive us. And, and when that comes together, we can have a special night. So, like I said, that's our full focus as players is, is to go out and, and do the business. So it's just, it's just great to, to get everyone back in and, you know, get a feel for, for normality again. And, and hopefully we can keep uh, making little steps in the right direction. I was at Hamden for Scotland's two Euro 2020 games. There was, I think it was less than 12,500 were in for both those games, but it genuinely felt like a full house with mm. the the way the crowd were reacting to everything. That'll be the hope for Callum McGregor and the Celtic players that the fans in tonight can can make that noise to help drive them on. They will, 9,000 will sound like 39,000. Um, Callum McGregor was the only realistic choice to be Celtic captain. It is a fairy tale story for him. Um, everyone has seen the photograph of him as a Celtic ball boy He's dedicated his entire life to the club This is his right to become the captain He takes over at a difficult time the, This is not uh, the Celtic team Who won a quadruple treble uh, This is a club and a team very much in transition uh, But I congratulate him on becoming captain And Celtic and Ange Postacoglu in particular Need to have no worries about Callum McGregor Despite the lack of depth that we've talked about in the Celtic team and that Ange Postacoglu was talking about yesterday, you look at the bench, there are still experienced players in there. Griffiths, Ayeti, Rogic, Forrest, guys that may not be up to full speed, but guys that can certainly make an impact on their day. 
Well, you know, they may be called upon tonight. All of them. Uh, because Celtic need to get a result tonight that gives them comfort when they go to Denmark next week. Uh, and they are there because the manager thinks they can do a job. Ange Postacoglu, difficult start though it may be, he needs everyone pushing in the same direction. 01419511025 on the phones. Barry is a Celtic fan up next in Barhead. Barry, how are you feeling after seeing the team? Uh, not too confident, I'll be honest with you. I've seen that back four, pretty disheartened. But uh, it was to be expected, to be honest, because I know the way the Celtic board uh, function. Um, my point being, uh, Hugh, is if Hugh would go down memory lane with me, Celtic sold Cairn Tierney for £25 million, a Scottish record. Mm-hmm. £25 million. Pounds. We, then, we then sold Jeremy Frimpong, a guy that we got for 300000 300, for £11 million. We've now just sold Christopher Ayer for thirteen and a half million. They've taken a half taken away Christopher Christopher Ayer's um transfer fee. That leaves the bulk of thirty million pounds we have made on fullbacks. We have not signed any. None. Uh-huh. None whatsoever. Thirty million pounds and all Celtic have to show for fullbacks is Taylor and Bolly Bolly Goalie. A guy who shouldn't be wearing the strip as far as I'm concerned. I cannot believe that this Celtic board have been Utterly embarrassing in this predicament. We have not done anything at all. This guy, Postecoglou, is going in with this game with one tie, hand tied behind his back, and it's fully on these so-called custodians who run this club, haven't got a clue, and have left this guy in the lurch big time. There's no arguing with you. Uh, you know, as I say, Neil Lennon left in March. Uh, in fact, they, they dillied and dallied over Neil Lennon as well because it was. Perfectly obvious long before March That Neil wasn't going to be successful And that 10 in a row had gone And the European results were There's no other word to use In association with Celtic in Europe last season Embarrassing Uh, So they took too long to get uh, rid of Neil Lennon They then (laughs) Eddie Howe will go down in history uh, As the greatest and longest running blind alley In football Uh, And then came up with Ange Postacoglu um, you know, then insulting the fans, I think, by saying they had been tracking him for a long time. Um, you know, if you've been tracking him for a long time, why didn't you go and get him earlier on and give the man a chance? So you're right; they they've taken in loads of money, uh, and the fact that the back four looks the way it does tonight uh, is a source of embarrassment for Celtic. Barry, do you have any confidence that that will be addressed? It looks as if Carl Starfelt will be coming in, an excess of £4 million to deal for him. Obviously, fullback is a, an area that still needs to be addressed. No, see, to be honest, it's, regardless of if it's been addressed, it should have been addressed weeks ago. It wasn't addressed. And do you know something? It's the Celtic fans that always have to pick up this, pick up the slack. We always have to go and just pick up the team as, as best we can. And this is what bugs me because this board never answered to any of the Celtic fans. It's just the emptiness that we got last season. They would not talk to us. They wouldn't communicate us with us in any way. And we must have the, the most passionate fans. I kid you not because we've near enough sold out season tickets again. So people obviously love Celtic. But I, I see for me, I can't spend a penny on them now because to me, this is about making shareholders' money anymore. It's not about um, funding the team. In my opinion Well you know That is your allegation I would not go along With that one uh, To be perfectly honest I mean uh, Celtic have Spent money 
this summer around three and a half million on Abada and in excess of four million for the deal that will see Starfelt come in. Uh-huh. The same sort of money for uh, Kyogo Furuhashi who's coming in. So it's not as if no money is being spent on no, this no, Celtic no. side. But but the back four and uh, Barry knows that to be the case. The back four is where the problem lies. Um, for me, it's the the structure. Is there going to be a director of football, a head of recruitment, call him what you will? Um, the the fans go on about John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan still being there. Uh, you know, if Postacoglu thinks that they can help him, then they're entitled to be there. But I'm sure that Postacoglu himself is looking around and saying, who is recruiting the players? Who is coordinating the strategy here? Who is talking to these players and not delivering on the deals? Because that's Postacoglu's main problem. It's taking too long. How quickly does that structure either need to be addressed or does someone from Celtic, Dominic Mackay, need to turn out and tell Celtic fans what the structure is going to be? Because when he was asked about it in his first press conference earlier in the month, he was quite vague on what the structure of the club. He said he was they were going to modernise it. He, he said things like that, but never actually said, you know, these are the positions we're looking to fill. This is how we are planning to, to move the club going forward. When Peter Lawwell announced that he was going to go um, mid uh, close season uh, Celtic should then have been thinking about the structure and how it would look we, everyone knew that Dominic Mackay was coming in as chief executive but the rest of the structure what's what's taking time here uh, Celtic always talk about uh, the possibility of uh, a Gordon Strachan coming back or a Sean Maloney but that's all it is talk tonight they enter the Champions League Qualifying stages With A Back four That no one could have predicted Uh, There are other areas of the park That need refurbishment as well And we're still talking about The structure of the club It's taking too long And the domestic season Is 10 days away Well thank you to Barry 01419511025 On the phones After the break We'll be looking at uh, Crowd numbers For Rangers Upcoming games They've announced what Numbers they'll be getting for their next three home matches. So give us a call on 0141 951 1025 and you could be up next. 0141 951 1025. At an announcement from Rangers today They confirmed their crowd numbers For the next three home matches They've got two friendlies this weekend They play Brighton on Saturday 8,500 will be allowed in for that game They play Real Madrid on Sunday 12,750 will be allowed in for that one And then against Livingston On the opening day of the Premiership season On the 31st of July They'll have 17,000 So it's building up Hugh mm, but I don't get the random nature of it all Andrew I am not a virologist, I declare myself straight away However, if there are 2,000 to watch Rangers last weekend But next weekend they will be allowed 12,000 and more to see Real Madrid I don't understand the random nature of a 10,000 difference uh, Celtic are watched by 2,000 I mean the, di- the difference between those two Was, was just really the, the, the level system that we were in We were in level 2 at that point For the games 
at the weekend uh, Yesterday we moved into level 0 At that point the maximum you can get into games Is now 2,000 without getting special permission okay. And now with the special permission They're letting more fans in that, That's where the sort of bigger difference comes from But I understand people will still be frustrated With the, the actual numbers that are getting well, in Well I'll give you another example Of the random nature of it all Against Brighton At Ibrooks on a Saturday 8,000 plus 24 hours later After the stadium has been given a deep clean 12,000 plus Within the space of 24 hours I don't get that And then Rangers also said at the bottom of their statement For that game against either Malmo or Helsinki Which is taking place on the 10th of August By that point um, The Scottish Government have said that From the 9th of August This is obviously heavily caveated But there's a chance that by the 9th of August The level system in Scotland could be scrapped And Jason Leach has said previously that from that date we could see full crowds Rangers are saying that they are expecting to host a full crowd for that game In the time between now and the 9th of August I fully understand that uh, Jason Leach and uh, the Scottish Government must pay attention To what is going on with regard to COVID-19 cases Uh, If there should be a worrying rise in number Then of course they must be given the right to reserve their judgment However While we await August 9 I do not understand Why Brighton Gets you 8,000 plus And 24 hours later Real Madrid gets you 12,000 plus 24 hours later After the stadium Has been cleaned 01419511025 On the phones James is a Rangers fan In Drumchapel James What do you make of those Crowd numbers that were released today? Uh, and it's a uh, thing that I, I wish it was uh, a lot more uh, allowed than actually. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the general feeling amongst fans at the moment, Hugh, mm. that they wish there was a lot more. I suppose with Rangers saying that they're hoping to have a full crowd in by the 10th. They also released a statement today saying that they're moving Flag Day. Of course, that's when they'll unfurl the league flag from last season. Normally that takes place in the first home game. Of the season Rangers uh, They've been in dialogue With Police Scotland Glasgow City Council Safety Advisory Group And they've confirmed That they've written To the SPFL To confirm that Flag Day Will be moved to The 18th of September Against Motherwell Where they say They would hope to have 50,000 people in And that's why They're entitled to wait Until then Because if you've waited 10 years To win the title uh, Then you want to have Your stadium At full capacity When you formally Acknowledge That you are the champions uh, so I, I don't blame them for that And they do so with the, the full permission of politicians And the, the, the games administration as well uh, But the figures for this weekend For me are baffling uh, However we have to accept That we are still in the midst of the pandemic uh, It's just again the random nature of it From 8,000 to 12,000 in the space of 24 hours Why? James did you have another point about Rangers? My point is, I was just wondering if the panel thinks if James Tavernier and Nathan Patterson can play in the same team together, do you know what I mean? I think it's an interesting point. Stephen Gerrard touched on it on the weekend after they're friendly. The two of them did play with each other at a time during the game. Um, Stephen Gerrard touching that they may change formation at uh-huh. times during the season to accommodate them whether that's one of them playing at the right of a back three one of them playing as a wing back it certainly looks as if it's something Stephen Gerrard is going to try and do at times this season because he said 
you know, you can't have one of them on the bench every single game. No, and I think it'll be more than at times. Uh, Patterson is an emerging talent uh, of some significance at Rangers, and uh, you know the bench is no use to him, um, and they certainly won't loan him out to another Scottish club. Uh, Tavernier is Rangers captain, so I think that Steven Gerrard will have spent the summer uh, contemplating how he accommodates both on more than an irregular basis. I, I think he's trying to accommodate both week in, week out. I mean, that must show how highly Rangers rate Nathan Patterson because they had a system that worked last season. They went unbeaten in the league. They impressed in Europe. And all of a sudden, Steven Gerrard's coming out and saying, well, you know what? We could change our system and we could tweak a few things to get this youngster into the team playing regular football. At the end of the day, Rangers do not deny that if good money is offered for players, then they have to run a business and they have to get rid of players periodically. Uh, Nathan Patterson could turn out to be In the, the Kieran Tierney class When it comes to The size of the fee you get for him But you won't get it If she's sitting on the bench James do you want yeah, to come back yeah. in? No it's just uh, I, 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 I certainly mean you like uh, Rangers to, uh, to uh, loan him out uh, I don't think there's much chance of that eh? No no I, I mean Stephen no. Gerrard Speaking as if Nathan Patterson is going to be A key part of their squad this season It just remains to be seen How, how they fit them in We've seen you know, you look at, at Scotland, they've managed to accommodate Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson, one yeah. as a left-sided centre-back, Andy Robertson playing as a win-back, and it looks as if that could be the system that, that fits the two of them in. Um, but the issue is, that if they don't change their system, then one of them would probably have to play as a winger, and that, that doesn't really suit either of their games, because no. then you're receiving the ball higher up the pitch, you've got your back to goal more when you're receiving the ball. Two players who... You know, flourish when they're getting on the ball and, and driving forward. This is a conundrum that uh, Stephen Gerrard has to solve. Um, there's certainly no question of Patterson going out and loan to a Scottish club. Why would he go to a club inferior to Rangers? Um, what would that do for him? Um, as I say, he is an emerging talent of the calibre of a Tierney or a Robertson. So Rangers know that they have a gem in their hands and they have to, to use him. But Tavernier is the captain And Tavernier is not Unless somebody comes in with money for Tavernier He's going nowhere So I think that For the most part Stephen Gerrard will try to have Patterson and Tavernier In the team For the majority of the season Still three weeks or so Until Rangers play any European qualifiers They'll have a league game before them Going about their business quite quietly Because they've got a settled squad How how much of a bonus do you think that is you know, with Steven Gerrard not, not really having to tweak too much in the lead up to yeah. to the start of the season. I mean they haven't pulled up any trees in the in the preseason friendlies, but as I say, they are not about results, they're about fitness for players. Uh Rangers won the league by twenty five points. They have brought in players uh, quietly and efficiently over the summertime. Uh they are stable, they are ready to go. Um, it is for the rest to respond In particular Celtic uh, Who are nowhere near as stable And ready to go as Rangers And now they've got themselves in a position From winning the league Where they are just two rounds away From the Champions League group stages I mean that's a, a huge carrot Dangling in oh. front of them Europe uh, Under Steven Gerrard's management Has been Very good for Rangers They have got results That even their most fervent supporter didn't see coming 
so Europe has been good for them And they can go on from there And they can make the group stages Of the Champions League And they will get the £14 million uh, And that will help them to finance Other deals Well thank you to James That's all we've got time for on the phones One quick story I wanted to touch on As well Jack Ross signing a new deal at Hibs today Of course led them to a third place finish They've got European qualifiers kicking off this week Against Andorran side Santa Coloma He made it to semi-finals of both cup competitions And and Ron Gordon at Hibs certainly rewarding him with a, a new contract Yeah he's got to kick on though Jack has got to get them St Johnston won two cups There is the benchmark for Hibs Uh, They have got to kick on It's not enough to say That you beat Rangers in a final a few years ago And ended a 112 year wait Uh, That's in the history books now Do you think that'll be a a big inspiration For a lot of clubs next season Looking at what St Johnson did With the the money they have Managing to to win two cups It'll be very hard for anyone to emulate But it's a great example to look at And say you know what Why can't we do that Why can't we go and win You know one at least Yeah that's a tribute to good management uh, it's also a tribute to players uh, like Sean Rooney and everyone else there at the club uh, who rose above what people thought they were capable of. So they are the benchmark, of course they are. But And even they will find it hard to match being the benchmark. Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you to Hugh Evans in the studio as well. Of course, Celtic taking on Mitchelland tonight. The team, Barkas, Ralston, Beaton, Welsh, Taylor, Sorrow, McGregor, Turnbull, Abada, Christie and Edward. Make sure to join me tomorrow night because we will give you all the reaction to that game. It'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. Of course, there's League Cup group games on tonight as well. So we'll give you all the reaction to those as well. And make sure to stick around tonight because Callum Gallagher's up next. <laughs> 